Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast and I believe this is episode 22 or 21. 20, we'll go with 21. I, I want to I hedge my bets on that one. Um, and I am overjoyed to be joined by Anne Gregerson. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, it's, it, it's been the case of always it. It's a long, long time in the works, as most of these uh, organising podcast things are. It's like you always case of like something busy comes up, and then you have to kick the can down the road. But we've found some yes. time. We're here to have this chat, and and by golly, are we going to have 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 a good chat? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So it's well, been a few weeks or months in the works, and it's mostly my fault, and I'm sorry about that. No, no, <laughs> listen, you know, it's in, in the grand scheme of things, we're, here, we're like focus on the now. We're here now. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a good chat, and let's let's not waste time. Let's let's jump into it. Um, for the people listening, then, um, who may not be unaware of you know your yes. um, I, I, I was I was trying to think of like a fancy word to say your collection of of, of wares. Um, but what sort of products are you are you known for? <laughs> my collection of wares and it sounds very ominous <laughs> yeah. not like my catalogue of D&D stuff that could be a thing for it um, but I am probably most known for like for the D&D stuff I create for my uh, Monster Loot series which I've been working on for almost a year now. It's actually on the 13th of May, uh, so very soon, or maybe when this is already uploaded. It's been out for a year, and I've almost completed the entire series of making a volume for each and every hardcover release from Wizards of the Coast, detailing loot for every single creature that appears in that book, either adventure or monster collection or whatever, so that if a player goes up to the Hydra and goes, I want to loot it, the DM doesn't go, uh, <laughs> and now they actually have some things they can give to the player uh, who wants to loot whatever they've just killed. So no, it's, it's also that it's coming up to the, the one year anniversary of that. Um, and to be able to be within a year, have the entire set complete as it sort of continues to expand. Um, what, what, like, what was like, what was it, were, were you a DM who kept having like your players ask for loot? And you was like, I, I, need, I need, need something for this. Or was it just, I, where did the idea come from? Yes, it came from a mix of things. It came from me just playing like, games on my own, computer games, like video games, um, where the part I always loved whenever I killed a creature, every time in an RPG, I would run over and see, oh, what did I get? Like, I wanted to see what I got from killing whatever big thing that I just, you know, spent like 10 minutes and dying repeatedly trying to kill. And it's kind of the same with the players, because I was running a hunting campaign at the time. I was at least planning on one. And whenever they were going out to hunt a creature, the reward would be, oh, you killed it. Now go back to the city, get some gold, do it again. And that very quickly didn't, that wasn't very satisfying. It was much more fun to go out there and once you had killed the creature, you actually had to roll the dice to see, oh, do we get some cool loot now? Or are we going to fuck it up? Or mess yeah. it up? Or, like, do, uh, is the thing going to ruined or are we going to get something really really awesome that we can then use and become even more powerful adventurers and universally I've used it with many tables 
um, with many different people, new players and veteran players, and they all love it because it's, it's a great response, like a great reward to doing something really hard that is killing like a boss creature or something like that. And it's at least for me, uh, for my play style, the amount of loot that you get is pretty balanced in regards to what can you say? Like not overwhelming the player with stuff yeah. because they can just say, "Oh, this is trash. I don't want this," and then they can just leave it. No, no, that, no. It, it makes it makes a lot of sense because I think that there, there is like a like a, when it comes to designing stuff and um, uh, like uh, the hardcover book. Sometimes it feels like um, it's it, it's boring to say, "Oh yeah, these these people had like empty pockets or something." Chances are they have something of value on them that the players are going to want. And to actually have like a whole product to sort of, you know, say, well, no, there's, you know, not only are their pockets filled, they have really interesting organs um, that you may find useful. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> so I guess actually, I, don't, so I don't know about the sense of really interesting organs, though. Really, that's, really that's, that's something. <laughs> valuable organs. Check out my wares of interesting organs. Really interesting organs. <laughs> So, to, to to keep to keep so you mentioned that was it so it's coming up to like the year anniversary of the Monsters Loot series. Um, how long have you actually been creating on the DM Guild? Was it, did you start off with the Monsters Loot or was there something before it? Uh, no, I started out in November of twenty eighteen. So I've been working on DM Guild for a year and a half. Actually, pretty precisely a year and a half, and. The first thing I released on the guild was a small collection of magic items from my uh, home campaign, which was just like me testing the waters of getting something out there. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards I did a player's guide for playing with children, either uh, with at the table as players or playing as a child character in game. So I did a small guide for that. But that actually wasn't my first kind of venture into 5e design because in September, two months prior to going over to the guild, I released my first product ever, which was a campaign setting over on uh, DriveThruRPG. Yes. It's like a 140-page campaign setting <laughs> for my custom world um, that, uh, like, for <laughs> with my continents and my regions, my like uh, subclasses and sub races and all that sort of stuff, just that was specific for my world. Um, and that was kind of a love letter to my players because I had made it for them originally, just a PDF version for them. And that was like 140 pages of content. And I wasn't expecting them to read it at all because, or read all of it. It was more an index for them. So if I said, okay, you're going to this town, they had the opportunity to look into the book and go, okay, this is what my character knows about the town. That's very nice. So just I have this understanding of it, or I can look it up in the middle of the session if there's something I want to kind of um, research. Yeah. And then almost by accident, I fell into doing this whole DM skill 
and publishing thing, and it all started with me just wanting to make a pretty book for my players. And now I'm here, and it's kind of unreal. I like how you talk about like you started off with like some some items, and you say, "Oh, I was kind of like dipping my toes toes in with," and then they, "Oh, but before before publishing items, I did write a whole setting guide." Uh, so you know, <laughs> it feels like you kind of you went 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 in like with the most ambitious <laughs> project first. Um, but one thing I did want to ask, um, because it's, it's, I, I find it quite yeah. interesting. Mm. So the, um, the, the, the guide of um, playing uh, at your character's children or bringing children onto the, the table, uh, that was Clonk's guide to being a hero, right? Uh, no, that wasn't it. Oh, uh, I did, it was a small PDF released in November called Little Heroes. Um, Clonker's Guide to Being a Hero came out in September of 2019 and is a collection of adventures meant to be played with children with a forward site kind of detailing how to play with children at the table and that being from directly from Little Heroes. Chris Walls, who was the leader of that project, actually approached me and asked if he could use some of it and I was like, yes. <laughs> that was a very high praise that he wanted to use, use something I had written in a separate product in his product that I was also working on. So I was like, yes, you could totally do that. Um, and that actually created a bit of an issue for me when the little, when little heroes came out, not issue perhaps, but some wrongful presumptions that people were making that I was uh, kind of the, the, the child DM. Like I had played a lot with children or I had children. A lot of people assumed I had, ch I had kids and I don't. The reason <laughs> I made Little Heroes was because I didn't know anything about playing with, with kids at all. So I wanted to know. So I did a lot of research over the course of like six months and interview interviewed my my mom and a lot of her colleagues who are teachers and who like work with children. And I went to all these lectures <laughs> because like, I want to know, I want to know how to do this. <laughs> and it was like, I have done all this research and God be damned if I'm not going to share it with everyone I know, because like someone else needs this information as much as I did. So like, I just put it in a PDF and threw it online and see, okay, someone might like this and they did. That, that was that, very harsh. That, 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 that makes no. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and it is that case of like just finding like a gap in the market and just like, well, no one's doing this. I need like literally, I've I put all this work in that I may as well, you know, try and try and get something out there. Um, but my design question, kind of linked to that, is, is like obviously like trying to tailor like a uh, an adventure or an experience to different tables. What's like some of like if 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 there are people listening who just like they want to start playing D and D for their kids. Um, especially topical, given everything that's going on right now. Um, what's like? What's what's some like good 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 advice <laughs> that like you would say? Okay, well, how can you take like how would you take an adventure and make sure it's more fitting for like a younger audience? Uh, that depends very much on the age of the child in question. I found because mm -hmm. if if you're dealing with a 13, 14 year old, you can handle way more mature themes than if you're dealing with a, an eight or nine year old. Yeah. It entirely depends, and also depends on the child in question. Um, I, I would advise, obviously, look at the kids and be like aware of if they're having fun or what frustrates them. That's going to be on a very individual basis. Mm -hmm. But generally, and this is also just a thing that goes for new players, is that the rules for D&D, if you've never played an RPG before, if you don't know anything about the concept, then D&D is actually really, really difficult. Because there's a lot of things you need to, to like 
uh, keep keep like uh, like have an overview over and you, there's a lot of things you need to maintain and remember there's lots of lot of dice like that's a lot of stuff to do yeah. so it can be very difficult for a young child who doesn't know anything about RPGs just a, a, a new player who has never played an RPG before it's like okay this is your proficiency bonus and this is your spellcasting modifier and you also have all these spells that you can do and it's like you have to read them all and they're very specific in their language like they're not going to do that it's homework it, yeah. they think it's boring so like in my experience the easiest thing to do is to take a very simple class like a fighter that has a hit attack and that's basically it. And then reskin it to be whatever the kid wants it to be. So if the kid wants it to be, I want to be a, a, uh, a flying elephant that casts fire spells. Good. You have a fighter character sheet. And whenever <laughs> you roll to attack, there is fire. And you are an elephant. Like it, it doesn't matter to them that they have all these bonuses when they're just starting out. They just want to have fun and do fun things in the world that you're setting up. It's 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 make-believe mm -hmm. um and also another thing is all the dice i usually remove all the dice except for the d20 and the d6 so all damage and all healing and all spells is a d6 because mm -hmm. the kids know a d6 from having played a lot of other board games and the yep. d20 is big and fun and the children want to roll the big dice <laughs> like you roll the big dice and like, yeah. yes <laughs> it's like roll a big number <laughs> that's fun so that's really just a general thing of advice for playing with kids, I would say. No, honestly, that, that, that kind of that kind of tackles like kind of the question that I was I was after to just get like a more summary. But it kind of says like, yeah, just take the shell of the game. Like, again, you don't need to be bogged down with all the mechanics. And again, what is it? So like, rather than right, you just yeah, roll a d twenty. Like over ten fail, like success. Under ten fail. Yes. You know, it's, it's it's exactly kind of trim it down to its basis. Um, okay, cool. Well, I guess like so again. So to look oh, going back to you, like your catalog again, using that as a better word than a selection of wares. Um, um, aside, aside, aside from the monster loot series, because we kind of spoke about like the kind of origins behind that. Then um, you do have like quite a like a mixed library of like content. I, I, like if if that's the best way to like it's it's very sort of DM facing. I would say in the most sense of like, um, but. Like, where, where, where do your ideas start? Like, you know, talk, 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 talk me through the process. Uh, my ideas always, like, there has been no product that I've made on my own, at least. It's been different with Collapse because people have come, oh, I have this cool idea. It's like, that is a cool idea. And then I, I join in and that's, that's fun. But with all my solo products, it started with me either playing a game like playing D&D or sitting in my couch or somewhere and just having the thought of oh I would like there to be something like this and then I go home and I google it and I find that there's nothing to my satisfaction and I <laughs> and I, and that's I it, that's to, it. it's gotta be done yeah, it's like, <laughs> I have to do it now and it's uh, and that's often how it happens like in a lot of a lot of times I find something that is akin to what I would like um, but it's not the exact same like it's either too complex or it's not play tested enough like to the point where it's like okay this doesn't work it's not balanced enough mm -hmm. like it's not I, I want it to be better than this um, I think the only exception to that because all my other products I've used 
very consistently in all my games is the apocalypse guide that I did. That was purely because I wanted to know how to run apocalyptic scenarios in 5th edition and I thought it was a very fascinating perspective to take. Mm -hmm. And I really had no intentions of actually running an apocalyptic campaign at that time with my players. But I remember when we were talking, we were in a campaign, we were in a homebrew campaign that I was, I was doing. And I was telling them about this idea and how far along I was with it. And then there's just six people looking at me like, what are you going to do to our world? Like, what are you planning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I chose when, when your players are nothing. your playtesters. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> like, nothing's going to happen. And they were just like, mm. <laughs> I suppose, was it? With, with being the DM you, DM, you could always throw it back on them and just be like, well, I'm not doing anything. It's what you do. Like, if, yeah. if you were in the world, that's, that's on you. That's... Where in reality you've been planning this for like two months. <laughs> it's like so, I didn't do anything. This was all your fault. So the uh, also, if if I remember correctly, the um so is it Sir, Sir Al Alkian's guide to surviving the apocalypse? Yes. Um. Also, I believe there was like a slight interesting just because it it, it kind of walks that middle ground of um obviously with DMs go you're allowed setting neutral stuff or things tied in with the um how did you like how did you find like navigating that space with, with that sort of product? Um, well, it, I didn't really have a much of a problem with it because it, it doesn't remove, uh, it doesn't jump in time necessarily. It doesn't go to a different era of the Forgotten Realms or whatever other setting. It's, it's a setting neutral book. It's basically it's telling you, here is what a medieval world or fantasy world how they would react to these sorts of calamities mm -hmm. and um and like i was designing from a basis of the forgotten realms which is a kind of standardized uh like fantasy world where things kind of happen and these scenarios that are in uh the apocalypse book they have sort of happened in adventure modules before mm -hmm. like there's been uh, there's a kind of the, the frost which is a, a an apocalyptic scenario where the entire world gets over like like completely frozen over and these like um icicle monsters starts appearing and that's not really it's not really what happened in stomping thunder but it's what they're alluding to like the eternal winter is coming and there is a portion of the of the book of the apocalypse guide that says like okay you can have a, an apocalypse that is localized that people are hearing about that's like slowly spreading and then people at the other end of the of the world, they're just going to be like, oh, those, those are just rumors. We can't feel it here. It's not real. Yeah. And then slowly it starts to creep in until it's too late. And then someone has to be the one who stands, comes in and, and is the wall that stops that from happening. Yeah. Kind of like in the adventure modules. Hey. So, <laughs> hey. so it, it was pretty much just looking at how like it would affect a world in a storytelling way mm. in in a lot of ways in that has already been done. So my work was easy in that sense. <laughs> Just steal from Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> so it's fine. It's, it's all done. Um, so also, I, as well, so you kind of touched on it with the, um, like, again, doing the sort of uh, little heroes uh, or, like, it sounds like you have quite an intense research cycle to your, your like, writing your adventures. <laughs> is, 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 is that is that kind of like your, your, the first step you take? You you kind of go go deep dive into like the books, the the websites, and yes, yes, it is. <laughs> In fact, I'd say the research portion of a uh, a product is probably my favorite 
like overall i love researching what different like little aspects of making a product but it is with the i love researching in general but it is with the caveat that i have to find the topic interesting mm -hmm. so for instance if i'm writing a, a a paper for school and the topic is not so interesting <laughs> it, the research is so boring and it's like it's it's basically like pulling teeth and i hate it so much but then you have something like the apocalypse guys like okay you have to research zombies and i'm like yeah <laughs> and then it's like i can read forever and there's a there's a there is a um a project i'm working on right now actually where i thought okay i'm 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 reading a lot of different books for this right now. I should probably start writing down the books and just like, so I can have like an, an index of, of, of things that inspired this book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think we're up to maybe a half a page of sources already, just like a column of names of books because I keep just going, but this one has a cool <laughs> sentence that I'm going to use. <laughs> so so I, guess, I guess, yeah, like, my, my question from that then is like, so how, like, obviously if, if taking something like from research as written, it doesn't necessarily turn itself into a engaging mechanic or system or item. Um, how, like, how's that process of taking, you know, obviously like, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, like, has, has, is, is that process easy? to take the research and then make it fun or, you know, or, you know. Mm, that depends. It depends a lot um, because there are some staples of genre or of certain themes mm -hmm. that to ignore them is to kind of ignore the core of the genre or the theme. So if people are going into the apocalypse book, that's a very good example. Like going into the apocalypse book, they are expecting zombies. They are expecting this to be the thing. Um, and then you go into kind of what, again, is expected of the genre of zombie horror. And you know, there's always the person who gets bitten. There's always the thing of, okay, the theme, the theme of the, the zombie apocalypse is that it's actually man's the real monster and the zombies just like this yeah, this husk that goes, it's an outside threat that really shows the beast within the person and stuff like that. So that has to kind of be shown. And it's kind of distilling what the topic you're dealing with is into its very core, uh, like, themes and, like, what the essence of it is. And you can work from there. And in a lot of cases, you can just, okay, well, if this is the core of it, if this is what's important, I can slice away a lot of this other these other things because that's distracting from what it's really about but if you can really go into anything really a creature a a country like in forgotten realms or a region or whatever and distill it down to okay what is the essence here then you can play a lot with that because if you try to take like okay this small nugget of thing this is cool and you ignore everything else yeah. people who buy that product or, or read that product would be like oh Oh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. It's almost too focused on that that single yeah. point, rather. Okay, um, then I guess there's more like a like a is uh, what's like what's been the most difficult subject to research? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'd say uh, 
that's interesting just because again so i to just like talk about like all the different dm tools and stuff like that because obviously so i imagine like Gesh's guide to making things very sort of hands-on practical very sort of like, i imagine like yes. looking at materials and things like that um obviously there wasn't actually a lot of there was a lot of research with Gesh's guide because oh. i i i basically just wrote down what i thought was kind of intrinsical to a crafting system mm -hmm. like two years ago <laughs> and made a very rudimentary system that I then gave to a player in my group who was a cobalt artificer and I told him this system will change a lot and he's like perfect <laughs> <laughs> so we had a very good thing going where he was my playtester and he was really really good at picking it apart and yeah. ruining it for me and that's what he was supposed to do so with Gesh it was as much direct research of me sitting down and reading a lot or like going on on the internet a lot mm -hmm. it was just me having a lot of conversations with him yeah. and observing how he used the things in combat and or in in game and watching him go oh that doesn't sound good and dismissing an idea mm -hmm. and thinking is this because of his character or is this because of the thing not being fun or engaging enough on the page it's like and trying to kind of rework it through that um i think I think that the project has been not, I won't say the worst to research, but the hardest, like the most yeah. difficult to research is probably the one that I'm working on right now oh. because it's, and that's still sort of secret, not really yeah. secret, yeah. sort of secret because like it involves a lot of going back through many older editions of Dungeons and Dragons and you read fifth editions like, Oh, this is, this is a cool descriptor of this, of this thing. But there's still a lot of law about it, but I, I'd like to know more. I'm going to go back an edition yeah. and see what they say about that there. It's like, oh, okay, they put it, go a bit more law, but it gets a bit more problematic. Okay, I'm going to go back to second edition. And, oh, God, that's racism. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, it's like, I, yeah. So, funny, I've, I've kind of got like a similar things where like um, the law only covers up like to a certain point. So I'm looking. I'm looking at like Waterdeep at the moment, and I'm looking at like the temples, uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, there's there's this person who's currently in charge of the temple in year. I think it's like 1380. Okay, what year is it now? Oh, it's 1480 at the moment. They can't be 100 years old. That's <laughs> what, do, what do I what do I do? Um, but no, interesting. Okay, no, cool. So yeah, okay, so mix and match. Obviously, like yeah, I imagine when you have like again. A wide range of things you look into it, it kind of mm. varies how much you're gonna ha like have to do that dig dig deep research it, it does make me appreciate kind of the elegance of fifth edition a lot more mm. when you go back to just just fourth edition and especially just like 3.5 because mm. a lot of people like 3.5 with the mechanics of it and that i agree with like like there's a lot of mechanics in 3.5 that, that are being brought back to some 5e games who want more of a mechanical uh, version of playing this is completely fine and I understand that I'm also a bit of a like numbers yeah. oh nice yes like I like that but the law and how that is written it's not as much just what is written because it can be some really cool things in 3.5 and, and second edition and even first edition but some of it seen with modern eyes it's like whoa okay okay I, I can't use this and if I'm going to use this I have to mold it in a way that it's it changes. Yeah. And in those cases, I am changing the law. I am taking this that is in the law, official law for this 
creature or item or whatever and putting it into my product and going actually that is bad and i am i am changing it yeah. i am making it better because i am putting it in my product obviously differently so i would think it was better mm-hmm. and that it i always worry that some people are going to be like actually like how dare you even consider that this could be improved and i'm like <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's the, the nature of being a creative, though. I mean, just the nature yeah. of creating things. You, you're doing things through your lens, your perspective on things, and that that comes yes. through in the work. Um, obviously, mm. you wouldn't want to put work out there with problematic things, knowing you could have changed it. It's just, it's yeah, not, not how you want to want to be. Um, no, interesting. And and so I guess like what like what sort of mechanical crunchy parts of like three point five are there that you like. Is, is there anything in particular that you like, or is it just more like the general consensus of the? Just because I'm, I'm I'm a fifth edition baby. That's 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 all me. I'm I'm young. I'm new. Oh, I am too. I am too. <laughs> it's like most of the things from from three point five and also it's just from fourth edition. Like I I picked up on little things like oh cool concept. They don't like the execution here. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> I'm going to put a five spin on it, and then I like it. It's like there's been a lot of that. Uh, I did that with Geshe's Guide a lot. I went back to different books and kind of looked through. Oh, okay, how do you do crafting here? And how do you do crafting here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate this. I'm going to take aspects of this and I'm going to change it so I that I like it. And it's like it's a lot of that of reading. When you're doing something like a crafting guide or a harvesting guide or a like an index guide or anything like that the, the first thing that i do at least and i think a lot of people do is look at how someone else did it and see okay here's what i like about how they did it and here's what i don't like about it it's not even as much as oh this is bad it's just like this is not what i want so i'm going to take aspects of this that i like and change them so it becomes mine and it becomes a new version of whatever system I'm trying to design. In, in your discussion with Gesh of sort of like bouncing back and forth of ideas with your playtester, um, what did you discover was like the, the most important thing? Or like w- what part of the gameplay experience did you want to capture? Was it just the simplicity of crafting things or the like expressiveness? I, like... I wanted it to... to I wanted... He, we had like a lot of the discussions, me and him, and he was very much the sort of player who liked to sit on his own and then come up to me and say, I want to do this because he had read all the things and had a very established thing. Okay. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this because then I can do this. And it's like, he had the whole thing planned. So that's kind of how it was designed that I wanted to be very, very clear what he could and couldn't do Mm -hmm. when and how and what he needed so that he could just sit if he, if he wanted to kind of prep for a session and figure out what he wanted to craft, he could do that in his downtime or when other people were talking, who just kind of look through his crafting guide and go, oh, like a pocket of holding. That sounds really cool, but to do that, I need to do this. Yeah. It's like, okay, so I have this, I have the roadmap of what I want to craft yeah. and how exactly I'm going to do that and the items I need. So I wanted that to be a lot of transparency in how the players were using that product mm-hmm. i wanted it to be so that the, the dm obviously could read it all and kind of understand it very easily but i wanted it to be first and foremost for the players that they could just read it and understand it pretty much immediately because yeah. i didn't want it to be too complex in that case i'm really a fan of how 5e does it i like the simplicity of 5e because it allows for a lot of creativity and it allows for 
a lot of rules to be added on that wouldn't otherwise be added. And I'm of the opinion that crafting shouldn't take longer uh, than combat should. <laughs> so let's see some of these crafting systems. It's like you roll a d20 and then you add 2d10. And if that's, if that total is older than your youngest child, it's like, that's like something weird. And yeah. it's like, and it's, it, it gets too much. It yeah. doesn't reflect really the D and D five E mindset that mm -hmm. I really love and want to capture in a lot of ways. No, that, that, that makes that makes a, 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 like yeah. I mean, when you're making systems for five E, you kind of want it to blend in with the, the whole system as a whole. So that makes makes a lot of sense. So to to bring it back about your creative process as a whole, then you mentioned that um, the research is kind of like a, a favorite part of yours uh, to sort of go through. Um, let to the other side of the coin. Um, is there any parts of the process that you don't necessarily enjoy as much yes oh. do tell making the making the product page <laughs> oh, so the, pro so the product page the, lo <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, the launch day making the product page setting everything up inevitably messing something up so that the preview doesn't work or that the preview shows the wrong file or for some reason you uploaded the pdf from a like uh, an assignment you did two years ago in university that's totally not a thing that happened in real life um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, i'm just sitting there waiting for something to go wrong also because like i love dm skills it's my baby mm -hmm. there's a, it's done so much good for me there's, there's one, Sometimes, one, one or two problems like one, one or two just some, some issues with the technical aspects of the site sometimes. And so there are times where I try to upload a title and it's just like, oh, you want to upload a picture? Ha <laughs> ha, no. <laughs> Not allowed it today. No, 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 no. What, what, do you think you want to upload two photos? Like two pictures to your description? Are you insane? What are you doing? Like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I think as well. So when it comes to the product page, it is it is it's 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 like it's advertising like distilled down to its like core point. It's like you need the product page to sell the product, um, and having any sort of like you know um, minor minor technical issues aside, uh, having everything laid out and the perfect thing is is is, is a challenge. Or yeah. am I coming through alright? Oh yeah, you you just had a little dip. There, uh, I had a little dip. Cool. Uh, yeah but, but yeah so so like is 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 do you think you've kind of got the formula down to like a decent like store page or is it just just the stress of saying this is done now i'm ready to push it live and just that last <laughs> barrier it, it is the thing it's, it's kind of the same stress that it is for me with with doing layout because i really 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 like doing layout i think it's probably my I like I love writing, obviously. I think that is my favorite part of, of doing these sorts of content creations. But but doing the layout is giving the product a face mm -hmm. in some ways. It's presenting the content that is in the text and doing that justice, like showing it as being cool or engaging just on the page. You don't even have to read the text to be like, okay, I want to read this PDF, I want to read this book because it looks so cool. Like that's kind of what the layout is supposed to do. And in that sense, it's kind of the same with the product page. The product page is a sort of layout for the product before someone has bought it. Mm -hmm. It is the representation of what the product is, again, at its essence. And if you mess that up, some people are just going to look at the product page and dismiss your entire PDF because like, oh, 
doesn't look like something for me and it could be totally something for them yeah. but because i didn't set it up properly or because it, it's not pretty enough or because it's too simple people are just going to dismiss it so i've had a lot of, of, of panic about designing the product page because i feel like this is where everything goes wrong and if i do one mistake if i commit one error no one is going to buy this product ever and i think that every time regardless of if i know that people are going to buy it or if i know that it has worked before like with the master loot i basically have the same product page for every single volume of master loot and every time i'll put a new one it's like oh this is the one where they're going to absolutely hate it and it's like i don't know why i think that way I, I, yeah I, th I think it's a natural case of like just you know putting your creative work out there it's 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 it, it's stressful it's you know you you want positive feedback because you know you're, you're putting putting things out there um i'm curious about where you fall on the like i don't when i come to shop on the dms guild i am very preview based i i i i don't necessarily i skim this the, the store page but my my go-to is always i want to i want to see the document i want to see, see the pdf um mm. do you like what's your what's your like i know there's like there's top conversation around about like 100% previews, 80% previews, 20% yeah. previews, like, is, do you fall on any particular, like, what's your hill to die on? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's, I think it depends on the product, um, about the previews, because if you have a product like Monster Loot, which is very index-based, People aren't gonna, it's not, Master Loot is not designed for you to sit down and read Master Loot from one end to the other. Yeah. And if you do that, it's not gonna be a fun experience for you. <laughs> like, it's, it's not fun, it's not meant to be that. It's meant to be, okay, I'm playing Tomb of Annihilation. They killed a Guralon, like those monkey creatures. Yeah. Okay, what loot are they getting? G, Guralon, click. This is what they get. Yeah. And then you ignore the things around it because that's not relevant for the situation. So it's, in that case, I show most of the new content and none of the kind of old content, the things that are repeated from the other books. But even in, with those index things with Monster Loot, I show at least uh, like with the core volumes, the three core volumes, well, the, the cool monsters are in like 50% at mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Just because I, if people aren't that connected to the entirety of the thing, um, like, it's, it's like a little, a little tease, like you know what this is now. It's very obvious what it is, and it's going to be this way throughout. So if you want to, if you want to know what's on Tiamat, yeah, <laughs> uh, you keep, you keep, the, you keep <laughs> the crown and the 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 the, 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 yeah. the gold. Yeah, no, yeah, it's interesting because mm. I suppose yeah, being um, adventures, adventures are a different beast, um, and that's yes, why I always feel like with with preview, it's like I, I, it's you can sort of preview the whole thing, and I, that's kind of what the way I treat it and stuff like that. Um, because you want to see that sort of consistent flow of like how information is presented. Yes. Um, and yeah, as you, you're, you're entirely right with like index stuff. Um, you, or like with like monster books, you kind of want to see that, okay, there's a good amount of art per stat block and there's a little bit of text mm. in between or just, yeah, yeah just bit, this is going to give me exactly what I want with no, no fluff. I don't need the fluff. I'm not here for fluff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really... That's really also the thing with, if I had released, uh, I think even with the Sarkian Skies and Survivor of the Apocalypse, I have a really decent chunk of a preview. I think I have like 30, I, I can't remember, but it's a decent chunk at least. Yeah. Um, but if I'd released that now, I would definitely have 
either gone 90% or 100% preview just mm. because it's it's a lot of content where you want to see, okay, there's a lot of different things here. There are subclasses and there are races mm -hmm. and there are backgrounds and there are apocalypse scenarios and there are monsters. Yeah. How are you doing these things? I want to <laughs> kind of know before yeah. I buy this expensive PDF. Uh, I might actually just go and do that after this. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I've been saying that makes a lot of sense a lot. I think that's my go-to catchphrase yeah. in this podcast. It makes a lot of sense. That's the episode title. Well, I'm uh, just glad you agree with me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but looking back on everything that you've done on the DMs Guild then, um, is there any particular lesson that you kind of wished you'd learn earlier? Hire an editor. <laughs> oh, dude, it's a, it's a it's talk about classics. That's, that's, the, yes. that's the second motto of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people who start out in the guild are very shy and just come in with the things that they kind of made for the home games and they put it together and they read it through for typos obviously and they maybe send it to a friend who can read it through for typos and stuff like that and then they put it out into the guild and then two years pass and they look back at that product and go like, oh, <laughs> because it wasn't edited. Uh, I have that with a lot of some of my products. Like, why, why didn't I hire an editor? What, what did I do? Why did I do this? Like, it's, 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 it's so important mm -hmm. and you don't even have to to pay an editor in the sense you can hire them based on royalties yep. so like you it's so easy to get an editor involved and there are so many editors who want to be involved yeah. and i can really just yes yeah. and also in the vein of an editor it's kind of the same thing but having people early on in the process of making a product uh or making a thing or whatever have someone give you feedback and read over just you, the outline of your thing because it's it's one thing to have a large product like okay here is 150 pages please yeah. give me some feedback my friends and it's like <laughs> oh that's a bit of a, a favor to ask for a friend and that could be awkward mm -hmm. it's, it's way easier okay here is an outline i did it's two pages long can you tell some like can tell you tell places where this idea isn't coming through clearly or mm -hmm. something that might be missing or something that kind of seems like it's it's out of place it doesn't fit can you kind of give me just like your two cents on the concept that is so helpful mm -hmm. and i used to be so scared of doing that because there was this idea in my mind like someone's gonna steal it <laughs> they're gonna take it from yeah. me <laughs> which is like it's a valid fear because if you go online and just like is this an idea someone might take it yeah. But it, if you have people you trust in the community, or just have one or two, like on the Discord that a lot of people frequent, yeah, a lot of people just kind of ask some, about some feedback on this, and they hop into a DM and get some quick feedback, and that's it. Really getting that sort of feedback early on is extremely valuable, and I, can, I really advise people doing that. I think it's really important. Yeah, I, I think by, that, by the same thing, it's like uh, I've, I've, I've had the like, privilege to work with like, a whole host of different editors. And it's interesting to see what different editors kind of bring to the table um, and, and trying to find the editor that kind of challenges you in the right way. Just because, I mean, I, it, it's, it's at the end of the day is like, I, it, it's, I, 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 like, I like to have a conversation with my editor in the document. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily, I, I would prefer it to be a document where there's comments on the side where we have a back and forth about certain points. Um, after I've gone through and said, oh no, you yes. are right. There's no, there's not three A's in the, 
or you know, <laughs> once 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 those those issues are moved to one side, the the sort of like the, the mechanical yeah. or like the flow things. Um, and yeah, I I think at the end of the day, you end up with a better product. Um, and and you kind of you maybe make a friend. Hey. <laughs> The sort of like you know, that's also really good. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, no, it's yes, just you. So, so yeah, uh, get 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 an editor, um, share your ideas. You know, make sure that the um, I think as well. So by by that same logic, um, especially when working in um, for me at least, working in um, different um, settings that I'm not necessarily familiar with, um, just because I'm very much forgotten realms, um, running ideas of um, other adventures in other locations by people who know that law quite well really good idea before you make an absolute buffoon of yourself <laughs> about certain things like oh i didn't didn't know things work differently over there um but yeah okay no cool i no, that's this has been this this that, that, i think that kind of covers like all the sort of core questions about the um uh your creative experience and stuff like that and i like that question as well because it often points towards the DMs Guild community as a whole um, and the future. Um, so I'm curious, do, is, do you have like a, a dream project um, that you've always kind of wanted to work on that's kind of off in the horizon? Um, yes. I, I really, really, really want to redo my campaign setting at some point. Interesting. Uh, because it, it was the first product I did. Mm -hmm. It is my baby. And I'm really, really, really proud of it, obviously, because I spent a lot of time on it. It's like 140 pages of content that I wrote exclusively. Yeah. Um, but it didn't cost me anything to do. It's mm -hmm. only uh, public domain art that's in there. There is nothing but free assets of things I've made myself. Um, and it shows. Like In the nearly two years since I released that setting book, I have learned so much about design from a layout standpoint and from a game design standpoint and from a technical writing standpoint that I just know that the contents, content in that campaign setting is inferior to what I could create now. And I really want to do it justice of remaking it and making it as good as I possibly could. So I have a dream <laughs> that at some point I might be able to do a Kickstarter for it and kind of get it rolling and get like a proper book out yeah. there it's like fully fleshed out with a lot of law and a lot of information and a lot of things that are completely like edited and great new layout and awesome things that are just really unique to the setting that's kind of a dream project yeah. and so that and is very far in the future yeah and would would your idea be to kind of keep keep this as like obviously bring editors and artists involved to find still keep it as like a very sort of personal project or would you think about bringing other people involved I, I would definitely involve all the people. I would probably involve a lot of other people looking over the mess of the subclasses and races I made like two years ago when I didn't know anything and kind of say, okay, here's the concept of it. Can you fix this? Or can you make it more interesting? Or can you make it more cohesive or better to defy the experience and so on and so forth? Yeah. Um, I was say, I, I don't envy the people who emphasize on classes or subclasses. They're, they're, it's, they, my my adventure design brain that is so smooth. I just can't. I can't. I just like don't know how 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 make class do. There's so much math. There's too what much math. This? <laughs> I don't understand. Just give me the dice. Just let me roll the dice. Yes, that is fine enough for math for me. I don't need more math than that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we, we go back to uh, just give me D20s and D6. That's all we need. Yes. Because these are yes. Core D&D. Yes. The, the purest. Um, it's like, yes, I feel like you the purest D&D. Go, you, Two dice. You could definitely go to like avant-garde level of D&D. Where this is like the oh yeah this is like you know the most <laughs> pompous and refined D and D is a fact where you know there's only one oh, the most refined the purest mm, yes harvested from the 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 grapevines of France like yes the original D and D you have a D twenty and a coin or the coin is just yes or no you flip the coin yes it happens no it doesn't <laughs> that's, yes. that's all you need I I hit the monster yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do I kill but how it? much damage? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel, I feel like there's there's a game there somewhere. Um, but the uh, so keeping keeping the eyes to the future then. Um, not breaking in any NDAs or anything like that. Um, can you say anything that you're working on currently, or is it all? Um, I am working on a book uh, for my like the personal project. Mm -hmm which is the largest thing that I've ever worked on. And I am I'm kind of just like, based on math, the, it will be at least 300 pages. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this alone. And I don't know why I started this. What, what is wrong with me? And I've, even, <laughs> I've had contact with a few editors already just to be like, hey, how realistic is it for someone like an editor to take on a 300 page project and it's like ooh <laughs> that's a lot of pages a, a lot of the editors are there just like I'm calling for backup I need I need I need some help like, on this like I have already established like there are two editors I've contacted them both individually and been like are you interested and they're like yes I'm very interested like would you be okay with working with another person it's like okay great I feel less guilty now. Yeah. It's like, here is 250,000 words. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, that, is that like, this is how many words it's going to be? Or currently, this is the word count it's sitting at right now? No, 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 like I, I started like maybe a week or so ago writing and I say, I say that like it's not a week ago or so writing. I already have like twenty thousand words. And <laughs> so, That's what I, so I started it last week. So I expect it by the end of the month. Then when 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 yeah, the end is like, <laughs> like Yeah, um, but the the working title for it right now is the Slayer's Handbook because I am mm. funny, uh, and <laughs> so uh, I'm working on that and it's kind of it's it's in the background right now along with a lot of other projects because i have exams mm -hmm. and i do have a few nda things that i can't talk about yet and i really really want to talk about uh, it sucks um so, so, no, this, is, this is all part um, of my tactic uh, i bring people on the podcast <laughs> while they're on nda then once the thing's out yeah. they have to come back and talk about it because that's the exciting thing yeah it's it's guaranteed it's, it. it's long-term booking <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, but but I can say that I am I'm writing a CCC for GameholeCon. Uh, I I'm allowed to say that. Yes, and I have an an adventure league adventure coming out next month, I think, for the Oracle of War storyline for Everon, which nice. is really really exciting. Um, but but that's already kind of that at least has been in the works for a while as and kind of done, but it's getting mm. released yeah. soon. 
And then I have the, the massive Mastodon project that I'm working on that will see the light of day sometime in 2022 or something like that. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a long way from being finished. Nice. No, and I, I guess uh, so. Like, a super cool question as well. So you had um, some nice success with um, the Wanted Dead or Alive series. Um, any 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 thoughts of like future collaborations or Wanted Dead or or Alive? <laughs> <laughs> wanted more dead, extra more dead. alive, <laughs> more more alive, <laughs> super alive, yes. so alive. Um, uh, that was a very fun project to do, but. It came at a very unfortunate time in my life, just because there was a lot of other work that was happening. Yep. I was writing. It, I don't know what I was thinking. Like I, I think it's. I think it's this thing where if I get done with a project, I get this like rush of energy mm-hmm. where I get really, really excited and I get the motivation to start a bunch of new stuff. Yeah. And if I start something just on my own, that's one thing because when I then get too tired. To actually continue with it, I could just like like set, put it down and mm-hmm. that's fine but with this I involved a lot of other people and now suddenly I was in this project that and I was completely overworking myself with a lot of other things mm-hmm. and I felt so guilty on the Water Dead Alive project because I felt like the worst product lead and I felt like I wasn't taking it seriously enough and I felt like it was I was so terrible just to work with and everyone has told me that's not the case, that they actually enjoyed themselves on the project and thought yeah. it was really fun. I thought it was easy to understand and liked the templates that I made and liked the project outline that liked it all. And I hear them talking and saying like, we were fine. Literally all of us were fine. And yeah. I'm just sitting there like, no, you're lying. <laughs> like, no, I'm the um, worst project manager. I'm here at my I desk brooding. <laughs> yes. There's fires on in yeah. the background. No one likes working with me. <laughs> And I know it's not true because I have this like the the this handbook thing they're working on now, and I just mentioned that it was going to be long, and I had a lot of people contacting me like, "Hey, do you need help? <laughs> like, I really want to help out." And just like, I, want, I want to get in on that. That, that is <laughs> yeah, exactly like okay, like it's if people want to work with me, it clearly wasn't that terrible, but it's also just a case of me wanting to do justice by the role of the project lead and being the one who is kind of not in charge but like yeah. managing in charge like the one who manages everything and make sure like if someone comes with a question i go okay i'm going to give you an answer at some point yeah and that takes energy and you have to kind of have like yeah. you know you have to have the energy to do that it's and right now i don't because i have so many no, i mean like yeah was it project management is a whole beast in itself i mean that's why there's people whose job is to just manage a project and and to be managing a project and also writing the project or doing the layout as well you just it's it's yeah it's no under it's understandably stressful um, mm. and it is actually the thing that i'm in some ways going to school for like i'm studying digital design and a large part of that when i go into my masters after after some in the summer Mm-hmm. I will be starting on courses that is going to teach me more about being a project manager and leading like projects and stuff like that. And I already have some experience with it. So I'm, it's not that I'm bad at it. I know from a technical standpoint that I'm good at it. But I also know that I can't do it justice right now with how good I want it to be because I don't have the energy for it. And I don't want anyone to suffer under my project leadership if I am not bringing like, in, enough to the table just because I'm too tired. 
Yeah. And it's not even that I'm unable if to be a, or practicing really. It's more that I am just too tired or, and too exhausted because of all the other work I'm doing to lead a project, even though I really want to. Yeah. So I think if I'm, and I am likely going to involve other people in this, but it won't be until July because yeah. I have to get through my exams and a few NDA projects and another lot of things that I need to get through. You, you and once to, that is sort of sorted, yeah. You need to put some spinning plates down. You can only spin so many yeah. plates. That's, 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 it's yeah, I don't know why it's in Danish. Like, but exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's my note. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much of a casual conversation. I'm just like, yeah, Danish is what we go. Yeah. Well, well, I it's like this, it would have been it would have been interesting if from that then point that point on you just only spoke Danish and they'd be like, oh, no, yeah, this, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and you were just nod along like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I, can, like I, said, I can i can i can fake it for long enough <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> but to, no no that, that makes a lot of sense and i, I think as well I, there's there's a lesson there in you know understanding um you know how much you can how much you can feasibly do and people who are new to the community or you know um kind of have been around for a while you learn that after time um, I know I've, I've hit points where I've agreed to too many collaborations at a time and then it feels like you can't work on any of them because you're, you're mm. almost like, it's like, it's, you know, like a video game. It's like you have reputation bars with the four, like the people you're working with and you're just like, oh no, if I'm not doing this work, then, uh, <laughs> um, oh, no. yeah. Like, um, and yeah, and, and yeah, the temper you, of last year, I was, I, like I have in my, I have like a little Excel arc where like, an, like, like a sheet. Mm -hmm. uh, where I can look at all the different, like my earnings and my releases and stuff like that. And in September of last year, when I was a bit stressed because I had said yes to too many projects, I released a total of 15 projects in one month. And my Twitter was just like, hi, I've released something new. And it's like, people were like, and are you okay? And I'm like, no. Was that the inception of the Anna GMO? Or was that shortly yeah. after? Yeah, <laughs> that was then. Like, what is happening? Like, what is this? Every time she's in the channels, like, I have something new out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I fall asleep. And when I wake up, I'm working. And then something yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> But I suppose to, to keep it focused towards the, the community as a whole then, um, and sort of, yeah, bring, bring this, this hour chit chat around roughly to an end. Um, are, there, are, there, are there multiple people or who, who particularly in the DMs Guild community like inspires you? Oh, that's a mean question because there's so many. <laughs> you, 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 you have three. No, no, you can, oh no! <laughs> no, no honestly, What's no. the top three? Go! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, ah. They have to be in order. Who is number one? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, no, I, I, I like, understand how mean this question is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But like, I can, I can go on forever about people who impress me and inspire me. It's like, like you <laughs> and Laura, his brother, and uh, Brian Holmes, Ryan Langer, the entire admin team on the Discord, Val and uh, Brittany and everyone, Bob. Like, it's like people are so impressive, and then these new people come in like Sadie and Lydia and all, so many cool people all the time. But I think if I just, if I just want to pick one who really just impresses the living hell out of me, I would probably go with Eleanor Jordan or EIF Jordan. She goes by on DM Skill because yep. it's like, if you think I release a lot of content, 
Yeah. What the hell is up with that? Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, what is it? So I think uh, she is coming up to almost having the most amount of titles. Like, I think it, she's like yeah. second or. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's completely bonkers. Like, I don't understand it. And it's like the, the thing that it, it's almost like it annoys me because <laughs> when she releases something, it's consistently very, very good. And I'm like, how are you doing this? <laughs> Who is the like infernal devil thing that you made a pact with? Yeah, and I, where can I get that number? <laughs> I, I think it, it was the case of like, we, everyone, everyone in the LSU community is like, we, congratulations for all done and stuff like that. But we all know secretly there's some infernal stuff going on yeah. we just, that we just accept. It's all like, oh yeah, no, just sold their soul. But it's not fair. Great content, great creator. <laughs> like I've even alluded to it on Twitter at some point that I am like, it, I'm part of this this uh, this thing that I signed where uh, I in turn then reach out to other prospect like other creators who can then sign and then I take a part of the profits and then, then, then they take them and then I, it goes up like that and then you just get 48 hours of the day and that's how you release Spotify. Yeah, it's it, very, it, very it, easy. It you just up. have to, yeah. And Infernal Sugar Daddy, that's very fat. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I regret all those years of girls selling my soul for a bag of Skittles. I should have, I should have had like a higher price than that, but. Yeah. Yeah, you make mistakes and you, yeah. well, you'd, I don't live with them because <laughs> I don't have a soul, but that's fine. <laughs> Oh, that's a I think that's you know what? I think that's probably a good note to <laughs> to end on. Um, if people are curious, like Anne, obviously you've got exciting things in the work coming out in twenty twenty two. How can they how can they stay up yeah. to date with all the stuff that you're working on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sometimes am funny on Twitter sometimes. at uh, <laughs> at at sometimes uh, at Anne of many names and with an E, and it's. I have ramblings about D&D and about my life and about people who are frustrating, about people who are cool. And I sometimes post things when I release a new project, which is often. <laughs> so it's like, I am very active over there. So if you want to get in touch or just interact with me, that's, that's the way to do it. Nice. Uh, uh, that's very lovely. Yeah, I call cool. it back. So. <laughs> hey. no, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Twitter's, Twitter's a good place for that and stuff like that. You know, it's nice to nice to keep up to date with all the drama and the uh, you know the the, the, the subtweets and and all the shade. Oh, it's, it's so yeah. good. Oh, the tea. The tea, oh, the tea. Twitter is something <laughs> special. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I think was it. Uh, my job is to check Twitter after after this and just make sure you know I've not missed anything. <laughs> but oh, the world has exploded, and Twitter oh, no. was supposed to report on it. Obviously, oh. like oh. Well, like when I when I did an internet detox, Twitter is the first to go. <laughs> just like <laughs> literally, if you just have to, you just you know, there's there's something going on somewhere. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, yeah, so once again, thank you, Anne, for taking the time to join me. You've amazing guests. This has been really insightful chat as always. Yeah. Um, I've I've been your host, uh, Matthew Whippy. Uh, you can find me at, at Whippy Writes on Twitter. Uh, where again, all all of what Anne said applies to me as well. <laughs> I occasionally tweet things. I'm sometimes funny. I do try. Um, <laughs> but um, my final question of the podcast, um, how do you end a podcast? How, how do you end a podcast? I, I, I honestly uh, don't know. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think you look at the camera and then you look scared and then just cut to black. I can try my best to look scared. I haven't felt emotions in a while. So this is going to be... I'm with you so you're not alone. We okay, can be scared together. Uh, yeah, so, so thank you so much. And... <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
and and uh,